With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You're listening to the DolphinsTalk.com podcast network. Hey, Dolphins, this is Michael Fink with the uh, FinFans podcast. Each week we come to you and bring you our opinions on what's going on within the Dolphins organization. During the season, you'll hear two shows each week where we review and preview each game. We shoot straight from the hip and have fun in doing so. We'd like to thank both the Dolphins Talk Network and the Pigskin Podcast Network for their support. Uh, Make sure to check them out. Please leave us a review at Apple Podcasts or wherever you may listen to your podcasts. Please make sure to follow the show. That way you'll know when a new one comes out. It's truly appreciated. All right, let's uh, kick off today's show. And the FinFans podcast is back. Today, I've got uh, Daniel Reinhardt. What up, FinFans? I've got Louis Ragoni. Hello, Dolphins. And Ryan, I'm going to let you introduce yourself and, and tell us a little bit about yourself. You're representing the uh, Los Angeles Chargers. Yes. Well, thanks, fellas, for having me on the show. Excited to uh, be here and talk some football with you. You know, My name is Ryan, as you mentioned. I live out in Los Angeles. I am the founder of the Los Angeles Football Network, so we actually cover all four of these uh, Los Angeles football teams in pro and college. And obviously it's been a lot of fun covering these Chargers with Herbert and now Staley and kind of what's going on here. So should be a great game uh, Sunday night. So I'm excited to get into it, into it with you guys. Yeah. So uh, aside from the network you just mentioned, is, do you have any other um, things you do? So also worth uh, the Believe Podcast Network, our, this, our, um, my main show, the LA Football Show, is on that as well. And then, uh, aside from that, I do some work with a company called Fan Power. We're a fan engagement platform, kind of working gotcha. with all different teams and leagues and stuff. So, really ingrained in sports. Very which cool. Is great. Very very cool. So, what do you think about the Chargers? Well, it's been a it's been a very up and down season, which usually is the case when you're in six and right. six exactly. five hundred ball club. Um, it's been a lot of highs, a lot of lows, a lot of injuries. Um, a lot of anger amongst fan bases and stuff like that. We, we recorded our show, you know, just last night, kind of after that Raider game and kind of going into how this season has been and kind of, you know, breaking down the blame pie and, and whatnot. So it's, uh, it's, it's, you know, it's been an interesting year, but it's been a lot of fun. And, and I think this team still has a lot of talent, still has a lot of, you know, potential to go far. And obviously this game kind of feels like a must win. I think they need to go four and one down the stretch in order to even have a shot at the playoffs. I think, uh, you know, 10 wins is that minimum to, to really sneak in there. And so they really need to have a, a strong stretch here. And it starts in a night against these Dolphins who have obviously, you know, you guys talk about extensively and are probably a very fun team to cover this year with their new coach, Mike McDaniel, and kind of the, the surgeons of Tua and kind of obviously getting Tyreek Hill and the speed there, which I know Chargers fans would love to have that in our receiving core, which is one of the big talking points out here is just being able to stretch the field and whatnot. So it's going to be a lot of fun. At this junction, it's very hard for me to pick the Chargers in this game just because, and we'll get all into it, obviously, I'm sure, and, and dive in throughout this entire time. But just with the injury, I mean, more injuries, you still have, you know, Corey Lindsley in the concussion protocol, starting center. Uh, Trey Pipkins is still 
you know, injured their starting right tackle. You know, Mike Williams still injured, wide receiver number two. The offense has been pretty much abysmal because of all these injuries. The defense can't stop the run. And so as good as Herbert is and as good as this team can be, it's very difficult for me to to pick them in this one. At this point, you know, at the time of this recording, we'll see if things change, you know, in the next few days with with the injury report. But I don't know. It, it's going to be a fun game. It'll be close regardless because the Chargers on prime time for whatever reason, no matter what, it's an exciting close game always when you look at the history of this team. But it'll be it's hard for me to pick them to win this one. Gotcha. Tell me about the game, Lewis. Tell you about the game. Tell me about the game. What do you, what are you what are you looking for from the Chargers? You know, Herbert's exceptional uh, at the quarterback position. The problem that they're having is the simple fact that they've got a ton of injuries, as Ryan mentioned, and and that's holding them back on both sides of the football. I mean, the fact is Boza back this week, Ryan, because I know there's talk that he might be back this week. Is that accurate? No, uh, he, I do not think will be back. So st- he's still at this point day to day, which in Staley terms means probably two to three more weeks. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Okay. And how about JC Jackson? He's still a few weeks away as well, right? He's done for the year. So he he's went on season, season ending IR. Yeah. With oh, his okay. knee injury. So yeah, he'll be out. Gotcha. Gotcha. So between the offensive line injuries and the fact that Mike Williams hasn't been there and another guy who I absolutely love, Parham, the tight end. Yeah. I think the, the kid's got an incredible amount of ability, and um, he just, is for, for whatever reason, hasn't been able to stay healthy or stay in the lineup. So um, they're missing a lot of pieces. So I think that, you know, as Ryan again mentioned, you know, I think the injuries are going to be an issue for them this week. I, you know, I like the Dolphins. I think that, you know, had the Chargers been healthy, completely healthy, this would have been a tooth and nail game without a doubt, but I, I like the Dolphins to win this game simply simply for those reasons. I think the defensive line is going to control the offensive line of San Diego because of the injuries. Again, you know, I think that our secondary can do a good enough job against the guys that are in there, even though some of your guys have really played well, Ryan, right? Some of these backup receivers have really stepped up and done a really good job, like Palmer, and DeAndre Carter, some of these guys have done really well this year. Yeah, no, they certainly you know have stepped up and kind of answered the call. It's just you you can certainly in the NFL in general you can you can feel the talent drop off when you Absolutely. lose your top two guys and then your the top three. Jalen Guyton also went out in that first week against the Raiders and yes. he's done for the year. So when your wide receiver four becomes wide receiver one, as good as Palmer's been in year two out of Tennessee. Uh, you can definitely still feel the talent discrepancy, which I'm sure you guys would feel, you know, obviously losing your two, any team would for that we've, matter. We've so. felt it in the secondary more than anything else. That's that's where our area has been hit really hard with injuries. Yeah, we've felt yeah. it in the past, you know, mm-hmm. uh, when guys like Lynn Bowden had to be our number one. You talked yeah. about not being able to stretch the field, and I actually, the, my first thought was Jalen Guyton. Uh, a guy like Jalen Guyton hurts when you, you when you can't push him down the field to stretch it. Um, that's really kind of where he thrived. Uh, I, I think that he's a, a stud when it comes to that. Uh, Josh Palmer has performed really well. <clears throat> I wanted to start by saying uh, thank you uh, for Frank Smith because oh, yeah. as, as a follower of the Chargers and as a guy who does L.A. football out there, you know how important Frank Smith was to not only you know, your offense but also your run game. That's one of, the, one of the things that I see when I look at this game. Uh, is the difference in uh, what we have done performing in the run game from an offensive perspective 
and where we may be able to take advantage of this defense. So if you had to look at this, uh, what what are you guys going to be able to do to be able to stop Raheem Mostert and Jeff Wilson this week? Well, that's obviously been the biggest efficiency of this defense, you know, since Brandon Staley was brought on. And, you know, his his system, his scheme, you know, derives from the Vic Fangio system. It's obviously tailored to his um, liking and it's shifted a little bit. But, it you know, it challenges offenses to kind of run the football. It basically does too high shell, makes it so that you're not going to give up the big play. You're not going to go, you know, busted coverage open over the top. You're going to challenge teams to run and kind of play boring offense and you kind of wear them down, you tighten things up in the red zone. Um, but when you're giving up 150 plus yards a game on the ground, that's mm-hmm. not going to get the job done, which unfortunately happened last year. They went out this year and did a lot to try to fix that, adding, you know, Austin Johnson and Sebastian Joseph Day in the middle. They drafted a Tito Abonia out of UCLA in the middle. They added all these guys and all three of those guys are out with injuries. So it's like, even when they've addressed the issue and assessed it and tried to fix it, and it was at times better, you lose Joey Bosa, who's more important in the run game than I think a lot of people give him credit for, and then you lose all three guys that you added to help fix that, plus releasing Jerry Tillery a few weeks ago, former first-round pick. And so they just haven't been able to do it. Last week, Josh Jacobs, 144 yards on 26 carries. Uh, you, you can look down the list of teams that have been able to gash this team. And when you watch the film, guys, and you watch the tape and you watch the game, there's, the scheme is actually fine. I mean, players are in the right spots. They're meeting backs either in the backfield or at the point of attack or very early in the second level. It's just now about execution. And unfortunately, when you lose those injuries and your talent drop off, like we talked about with receivers, guys are missing tackles. Uh, they're hitting running backs, you know, like I said, one to two yards at the point of attack and the running backs gaining an extra four or five yards after contact. So, I mean, schematically, I know everyone wants to criticize Brandon Staley a lot and rightfully so. He is the head coach. He is the defensive coordinator, essentially. But you have to look at also just, you know, unfortunately, the execution just hasn't been there. And so to answer your question, I think they'll have a little better instance in this after, you know, not facing a guy like Josh Jacobs, who maybe the talent levels there, but Raheem Mostert, obviously very, very efficient and fast and great in this Mike McDaniel system coming from Kyle Shanahan and Jeff Wilson, similar, similar accolades. So, I mean, it's not going to be an easy task, um, but if they can, you know, really keep them under that, you know, 140 yard threshold, I think they might actually have a chance. We'll see. Ryan, I want, I want to switch back to the offense real quick um, in regard to the running game. It seems like Eckler and Kelly are both doing a good job. I mean, they're both averaging over four yards a carry even with the injuries to the offensive line. What is the situation in regard to the offensive coordinator there? Is he just abandoning the run early in games? Are they not sticking with it? Are they just going to a, you know, a, a passing situation in a lot of these football games? Because even, as I said, even, even with the injuries to the offensive line, they're, they're still running the ball well. Eckler's still having a decent season. He's got seven touchdowns. You know, he's averaging 4.3 yards a carry. Yeah, it's, it's a great question. It's been kind of a, an up, similar to the season arc. It's been an up and down one that's been somewhat frustrating. And, and part of that off the top, you guys alluded to it. I think some of that is the loss of Frank Smith. And that's not getting enough talk out here is how big of a loss that was, you know, not only as the offensive line coach, but as the run game coordinator that you alluded to. So I think part of that is him having that voice within the offensive room and the offensive play calling to really be able to commit to that. And, you know, we've seen times guys throughout this year when they've been very dedicated to the run and and we praised Joe Lombardi and the play calling. There was an instance in Cleveland 
They ended up winning that game. They were down 14 nothing, and they still ran the ball almost 30 times. Usually when you're down 14 nothing, that's when the run game just right, leaves completely that. and you start throwing. And they were still committed to the run. It gave some of the pressure off of Justin Herbert. And now for whatever reason, we've seen a lot of these games where they have completely abandoned it. Last week against Vegas, you know, they ran the ball, I think, 17 total times between right. Eckler and Joshua Kelly. And you have Herbert throwing it for almost 40 plus. So I don't like that. I think in this league, you really have to be very, balanced. I think a lot of people think this, very balanced. Yep. So, I mean, they they have the horses back there with Eckler and Kelly. Kelly missed, you know, four or five weeks on injury. He's back now, obviously. Right. Uh, but it's it, they just got to commit to it, which has been definitely frustrating out here. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah, because I mean, I don't I don't watch them week to week. So it's, you know, I, I do catch games whenever I can. But, you know, I was just curious in regard to that because the numbers are there, you know. So, it, it, you know, to me, it doesn't make sense. Every time, you know, you're watching the Chargers, they are passing the ball quite a bit and they're putting a lot of pressure on a young guy in Herbert who, you know, I love, I absolutely love him. I mean, I, you know, I, I think he's outstanding and, and he's going to be a great player in the league for years to come. Yeah, yeah, every every time Lewis uh, watches Herbert, I get a phone call and he says, "Look at him! He doesn't <laughs> doesn't he look like Marino?" Right. I mean, he's but, got the long hair hanging out of the back of the helmet. He you know he plays a lot like Marino did as far as throwing the football. Yeah, you know. similar build too. Yep. What's funny, guys? You say that we were we were doing our show last night and we were talking about Herbert, who we all love out here. The fan base absolutely adores Herbert. The city of mm-hmm. LA loves Herbert. Obviously, the the team loves Herbert. Um, and so, but we were trying to like kind of unveil some things and, you know, everyone wants to just blame coaching and blame injuries. And it's like, all right, well, has Herbert made that next step yet? He's a top three talent, no question in the league, but is he top three in terms of, is he there yet? And so we talked a lot about through that last night and we were kind of like, well, you know, does he have that killer instinct at the end of games? Now he's had opportunities against Vegas, against the chiefs, against the bills, against the Cardinals for these like last heroic drives and obviously you don't want your quarterback to have to do that week in and week out there's other blame to go around but he hasn't been able to overcome that quite yet and so it's funny you brought up marino because and i'm not saying marino didn't have that but we looked at quarterbacks elevating their team and we looked at similar draft classes and so we were like all right if this year the uh, uh herbert draft class we can look back like i can see joe burrow being compared to that of john elway and Justin Herbert being compared to that of Dan Marino. And just when we can make that next step and get there, which I think he's so close, just hopefully we'll see it. You have yeah. to have the horses, you know, around him. I mean, that that's that's where I'm looking at San Diego right now. And, you know, I mean, not San Diego. <laughs> I, <still can't. laughs> I knew you do Every time. I every do it time, every Lou. single time. I mean, what? It, it, <laughs> while I'm on that subject, what were, what were your thoughts on the move real quick before I move on? Because I did have something else, you know, and since we're on the Chargers and now the Los Angeles, what, what were your thoughts on the move? Did you like it? I mean, you know, what, you know, because I, I just have such a problem with these teams that have been around forever moving to other cities. Yeah, you know. When it happened five years ago, I didn't love it. A, the Rams had already moved back here the year prior. Um, so right. I thought it was better for the city to have one team to focus on. Obviously, there's enough people and the market's big enough. So that was an issue. Um, so I didn't love it. And obviously, you feel for the city of San Diego. But the more, obviously, now that they're here, I love covering them. I love them being the part of the LA fabric. But, you know, and the more that the time goes on, I mean, the distance they moved was almost similar to the distance the Niners moved from Candlestick to Santa Clara. So it's at a point where it's like, you guys got to get over it. It's it's an hour up to five. Like, I'm sorry, right. the city name is different, 
but it's literally the same distance that the Niners moved, and you don't hear a peep about that. So I, I, I'm fine with it now. Well, at least Got they're it. not the Los Very Angeles good. Chargers of Anaheim. Oh, yes. God, could you imagine? Yeah. Well, and, so and is, what I've said, sorry, on that last point, what I think they really should have done is they should have just rebranded if they were going to move. I think that would have yeah. done everyone kind of like when the Browns moved to Baltimore, you know, they came to the Ravens. So I think that mm-hmm. would have helped their case, but, you know, mm-hmm. they, want, gotcha. they didn't want to. <laughs> mm-hmm. Is this the first time you've been on a Dolphins podcast? Uh, I think it is actually. Yeah. Well, back, but yeah, I think so. obviously, you know, I wanted to show the gratitude about uh, letting us have Frank Smith and here's the the opportunity that I have to show graciousness and, and tell you you're welcome for Herbert. Uh, there's <laughs> been that argument for, uh, for the last three years, which quarterback is the guy. And that's not the point I wanted to make. I just wanted to say you're welcome. Uh, I think a lot of Chargers fans have uh, reached out and wanted to shake our hands for a while on that. But every great quarterback has to have a great receiver, and it looks like your guy's back. 14 targets last week for 88 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Keenan Allen is one of the best route runners in the entire league, and he can get open. Uh, He has to be a security blanket for a guy like Herbert. That's actually one of the matchups that I'm watching the closest in this game is Keenan Allen versus uh, Xavier Howard. Uh, And I just wanted to get your thoughts on, on how you guys can take advantage of our secondary, if you think you can. Yeah, it's a great question. I mean, Keenan, even though he's back, I still feel he's not fully 100%. When he's when he's full 100%, when the season started, I I could put him up there, you know, top 10, I think, receivers in the league, especially based on what he brings to this offense and the need he fills with this offense. Um, you can you can even tell that still the, the hamstring can, you know, they never fully said, guys, like how severe it was. Like I, I kind of joked earlier, Brandon Staley, when he says day-to-day, it means two to three weeks. Like yeah. he was, he was questionable day to day for seven weeks so it's like did this guy tear his hamstring off the bone like how severe was this thing it was bad um, or he'd have been out there best exactly that. we've heard the same thing about byron jones who's been out since you know last year you know yeah he had, he had surgery in the off season and we haven't seen him since exactly and, you know that's how the coach answers you know any any time now he's working hard he's doing everything he can you know all, all the nonsense you know the coach yeah. speak yeah, which I get, you know, what, what can you do? Yep. So, um, but to answer your question, I mean, he's going to have to have a monster game. I think he was, had a good game last week against the Raiders, obviously had that great fourth down touchdown that was just a beautiful pass from Herbert. Um, but he, I, I don't want to say he left anything out there, but he's going to have to be more than that, even if they have a chance in this game. Just I don't think Mike Williams will be back yet. I know he's going to try to give it a go, but um, I mean, he's going to have to have his best game of the season for the charge, I think, to even hang in this one. And really, this offense in general needs him. You look at even last week, the offense scored 13 points. I mean, they had a pick six mm-hmm. on defense. So the offense scored 13 points against not a great Raiders defense. And so you're going to need a, a Tyreek Hill. I know they're very different players, but that type of game, like 180 yards, two touchdowns or something like that, if this team has a chance. So that should be a really fun matchup to watch, though. Him and Xavier Howard, absolutely. Ryan, how would you assess your special teams? Oh man, this is like, I think the first year in since I've, definitely since I've covered the team, but even since I've followed the team for many, many years, you can say this is a actually fairly competent and good special teams unit. (laughs) And that's even with going through kickers, you know, Dustin Hopkins tore his hamstring as well. And they've went and got, I'm sure you've heard about it and heard the jokes, Cameron Dicker, Dicker the kicker. Dicker the kicker. (laughs) Who hasn't missed one since signing with the Chargers. So the kicking game has been great. The coverage teams have been much, much better. They're, they're, you know, high in efficiency. So special teams is like the one area of this team, which we've never been able to say 
covering the Chargers that is like their best and strongest unit. It's it's quite uh, remarkable. <laughs> yeah, our place kicker is having an up and down season. He's he's missed more than he should have. He's been better of late though, Mike. Yep. He's been better of late. That's why I said up and down. <laughs> Ryan, well, cra- you- and what's crazy about sorry, what's crazy about no, 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 you're fine. kickers in this game, and you guys I'm sure know this and maybe talk about it, but like we see you know how many kickers in this league right now were were on the Chargers and didn't work out and now are like playing very well for their respective teams. Don't you hate I mean, you when have, that happens? Yeah, you have, <laughs> you have Badgley in Detroit. You have you know, Young Koo in Atlanta. You have a few. There's like four <laughs> kickers total in the NFL that yeah. have all played for the Chargers. It's unreal. Yeah. That's that's hysterical. The that Money Badger? The Money Badger. That's right. Ryan, any other thoughts on the game before we let you go? I, I think it's what, what obviously this game itself is going to be a lot of fun. The, the firepower that you have, even with the injuries the Chargers have sustained, and obviously the big conversation that we didn't really talk about a ton is you know this Tua and Herbert comparison. And I don't know if you guys have talked about it in your show before, but the whole Emmanuel Acho <laughs> stuff going out it's there. A, it's a pretty and, hot oh, topic. Yeah, Acho. We haven't yeah, really got into the whole Acho thing, but it's something Daniel, that I follow. Yeah. Uh, Ryan, give us your thoughts on Tua, too, as you're following up on what you were going to finish up saying. Go ahead. Yeah. I mean, I like Tua. I th- what's funny is... When the draft happened, everyone out here wanted Tua. They didn't want Herbert. And so when he went five, it's like, okay, we're getting Herbert. No one liked the pick at first. <laughs> I, uh-huh. I did. I, I loved Herbert in college. I'm a big, obviously, we cover UCLA and USC, so I'm a big Pac-12 guy. Pac-12. Right. Um, but no fans really, I mean, they might not admit that now, but no one wanted it. So I'm, I'm happy, though, for Tua's sake to see him having a lot more success th- this year. Um, obviously, you guys have mentioned it. You, like, you need the horses, and they've certainly gone out and got him the horses and the players to to aid in him. But, um, you know, this is no disrespect. I think Justin Herbert's a, a much better quarterback. I don't know what Emmanuel Acha is really talking about other than, you know, kind of what the media does nowadays anyway. But I think Tua mm-hmm. is a very comparable quarterback that obviously, you know, is doing very well this year, and it, it's good to see. So I'm happy for him, happy for Dolphins fans, and it'll be fun to see these two finally go, you know, toe-to-toe here on Sunday night. Absolutely. Agreed. Well, thank you very much for uh, taking the time out to join us. Uh, We appreciate it. Guys, thank you so much. It was a blast. Uh, Hopefully we can do this again soon and and have a great time watching the game. Thanks for the playoff game, right? (laughs) Yes, pretty much. For the Chargers, all these are playoff games now. (laughs) There you go. Two a time. (laughs) (laughs) Two a time. Thanks, Ryan. Appreciate you. Thanks, guys. Ryan, take care. Thanks so much. Appreciate it. That was fun. Sure. Yeah. All right. While we have a moment, I'm going to go ahead and uh, play an ad for DraftKings. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner in the NFL, is my go-to when betting on the NFL this holiday season. I trust them. You get your money when you're supposed to. Everything is above board. Now, right now, new customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. Now, check this out. Right now, everyone can earn up to a 100% boost with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app, place a same-game parlay, and combine multiple bets like which team will win, player props, point totals, and more. The more legs you add, the bigger the boost. The bigger your shot to win big. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use code TPPN, place a $5 bet on any NFL team to win their game, and get $150 in free bets if they do. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code TPPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See the show notes for details. And we're back. 
Daniel, what'd you, th- what'd you think of uh, Ryan's analysis? That was fun. I, I enjoyed it a lot. I mean, obviously he knows what he's talking about. There's not a lot that I disagreed with what he said. Um, now, I think I'm on, uh, on the losing end of this argument most of the time, but I think as far as uh, uh, what it takes to be a quarterback on the field, Tua is more than comparable. Um, so there's a lot left in that argument. Uh, there's, I, I do tend to agree with him that in, as far as talent, uh, just basic arm talent and uh, what it takes to be a QB as far as that's concerned. Herbert has uh, the potential to be inside the top three. Uh, but I don't think he's quite there yet. So, and, and we have a lot to, a lot of work to do, uh, you know, after seeing what happened in San Francisco as well. So, uh, long ways to go in that argument, but other, otherwise I thought that was great. Um, I thought he nailed a lot of, a lot of the things that were going on with that franchise, Uh, you know, from the, the lack of the rushing defense, which, you know, they're like uh, 30th in the league at 151 yards a game. Uh, to the injuries uh, and just what that has done to them. Uh, I enjoyed it. I'm glad we had him on. And Lewis. Oh yeah. He, he was exceptional in regard to his analysis on a lot of different things. And, you know, basically he hit, he hit on everything he talked about, you know, in regard to the injuries being, you know, they're holding San Diego back. I mean, sure guys, when the, when the season started, and you looked at the pickups, you know, the J.C. Jackson pickup. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you're, you're looking at this team and you're like, wow. You know, coming into this season, you know, they were loaded. You know, you looked at them and you're like, this is definitely a playoff team, you know, with the acquisitions of, of the players that they picked up. Um, the offense was already there, but the offensive line's just been decimated and it makes a major difference. I mean, you take away all these weapons from Herbert, and they're just not the same team. I mean, nobody is capable of overcoming, you know, the amount of injuries that they've had. I mean, we've been fortunate because we've had some depth in the secondary on defense. Um, you know, we, we've, we've held it together for the most part o- across the offensive line. Some of the guys have stepped up for us as well. So we've been fortunate there as well. So you know, we've held it together. Our record shows that. San Diego struggled quite a bit. And, um, you know, I expect much of the same this coming week. For what it's worth, I have sitting here on my desk, uh, the 22-23 playoff bracket. Uh, me and friends do, not only do we do the, the league on DraftKings and we do fantasy football together, but we also do contests. So I, I still have my playoff bracket sitting here on my, on my desk. And I had the Chargers representing the AFC. And the 49ers representing the NFC. So if that tells you uh, how much I agree with exactly what you just said, coming into this season, the addition of Jackson and, you know, Khalil Mack and what they already had on the offensive side of the ball, they were, they were a contender. They were going to be a force to be reckoned with. And uh, I can understand how their fans are disappointed. How is Miami going to win this game, Daniel? Honestly, I think that we can win this game in several ways. As sad as that is to say from the Chargers' perspective, I think that, and here I'm going to pound the table again. I think we need to run the ball. McDaniel's um, going to run the ball this week. I'm sure of it. We can we can beat them by running the ball. We just can. They he alluded to them missing a lot of tackles. We know what that feels like. Sure, uh, they're giving up 151 yards per game on the ground, and I think the the combination of Mostert and and Jeff Wilson can definitely eclipse that mark. But we can also do it through the air. They gave up 170 yards last week to Devontae Adams. 
and they have been struggling on their defensive backfield as well. And when you're going up against guys like Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill, you can't afford to struggle. So I think that we are going to see us feast in the middle of the field again. Uh, and I think that we can beat them both ways from the offensive perspective. And then defensively, our front four, our front seven can get after them. I mean, they've been doing a lot better job of that. They are really banged up on the offensive line. And it looks like maybe their center, the captain of that line, is going to be out again for a concussion. So uh, they've got their work cut out for them in L.A. this weekend. Same question to you, Lewis. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're going to have to put pressure on Herbert. I say this week in and week out, I sound like a broken record. But they can't allow him to sit in the po- pocket and make plays down the field. Uh, it will be a benefit if Mike Williams doesn't play, as uh, Ryan mentioned earlier in the show. If he doesn't play, it's a big drop-off. It's a guy we don't have to worry about, a big, strong guy opposite Keenan Allen. I mean, if X-Man's on Keenan, you know, you don't want Mike Williams playing up against our other guys because that would definitely be a mismatch. Mm-hmm. And if we don't get pressure on the quarterback, uh, we we could possibly struggle in that situation. I think that you know, San Diego is going to watch some film as to how we were attacked last week by San Francisco. Uh, you may see Eckler do the same type of thing McCaffrey did to our defense in regard to catching balls out of the backfield. I think that's somewhat of a concern. I, you know, I'm not overly concerned with them running the football against our defense because we, we tend to stop everybody in the running game um, a lot concerned with the fact that they can pass the ball and Eckler is a very good receiver out of the backfield and he can really, really hurt you in that situation. So, you know, I think that if they shut that down and they put pressure on Herbert, I think this will be an absolute cakewalk. I really do. I mean, I don't think their their defense is going to be able to stop our offense. Um, you know, Tua cannot have a game like he had last week. If he does, then they're going to stick around and then, you know, it becomes a football game. But exactly. if Tua plays like he has most of this season, I think that we we cakewalk in this one. We're just, you know, right now, you know, with the guys on the football field, on both sides of the football, we're a better football team. I think you really nailed it there, Lou, and two points to just kind of hammer that home. Austin Eckler has 85 receptions already this year. It's crazy. Uh, exactly. At 81 yeah. and an, at 0.7 catch rate, uh, yeah. 47 yards. Like he is killing it out of the backfield. We know that's uh, one of his strong points. And the other is Herbert and the Chargers are two and two and five this year when Herbert has thrown an interception. So we need to get after him. We need to pick a ball off, you know, and, yeah. and that's almost going to, uh, you know, ensure we, we take home the W. Mm-hmm. Mike, what do you think is going to need to happen for us to, to win? What? If we leave Sunday night football with a W, what was the key contributing factor? Um, more balance on offense, period. You got to take some of that pressure off Tua. You know what's interesting about that, though, Mike, is that every week that we discuss the fact that they're going to run the ball more, they don't. And, I know. and that, <laughs> to me, is the most surprising thing yep. about this whole season in a nutshell. I mean, you know, every week we think, well, they're going to try and, you know, Put the running game. They're going to implement the running game a lot more this week. They haven't done it. Seven, Lou. Seven rush attempts last week. Crazy. Seven. And I mean that that last week is you know one example. Daniel, yeah, I know. Oh no, I know. You're absolutely right. I mean, but this has been a weekly thing. So 
you know, I'm not so sure that they're going to go in with that philosophy. I know this is one of the worst run defenses in the league, but, you know, I think that McDaniels just said on the fact that, you know, he likes getting the ball down the field with Tua. And, you know, there's no reason for me to believe that they're going to do anything differently than what they've done all season. So, you know, I'd love to see more of a balance, but I think, you know, three, three out of the four plays that we run on Sunday night are going to be passes, just like it's been most of the season. Was it the live show, Mike, where we talked about the, the mid-season grades and the one thing that I thought McDaniel needed to do better was clock management? I have shifted that now to I, I, uh, he needs to run the damn ball. Like we have well, been talking I, I about I can this understand why he didn't last week. I'm sure you can too. They were facing the number one rush defense. This week, they don't have that. This is a team we should be able to run on. Even right. so, yes, you're right. And yes, I understand. But even so, you have to run the ball more than seven times. You can't be successful running the ball if you don't run the ball. So, Especially when your quarterback's not accurate, right? Yeah. He was not accurate that yeah. game. He just yeah. did not look good that game. So you've got to help him out. There were plays to be had that he was not making, and in that in that case, you know, the run game is the quarterback's best friend. So you didn't see it, and you haven't seen it much. The only game that you really seen that was the Browns game, and we did really well on the ground in the Browns game. Um, yep. I thought that was going to be a turning point. We talked about it that next week, where moving forward in these clutch games, uh, in weather that grows uh, not south florida weather and in playoff atmospheres you got to be able to run the ball and he knows that i know he knows it so i'm just i'm concerned and confused as to why i hear you you know what what i take from it guys is the fact that you know even though tua was struggling he has a lot of confidence mm-hmm. in the passing game and the plays were there you know i mentioned yes. this on monday um it, it wasn't a situation where the coverage by san francisco and the pressure on Tua was, was hurting us in any way, shape, or form. The plays were there. We yes. just didn't execute. So he didn't want to come off of that because he felt there were still plays to be had. And then what do we do to start the fourth quarter? You know, we hit a long touchdown. So thus the reason we continued to stay with the passing game. And even on the drive where, you know, we were moving the football and it came down to that fourth down play. The majority of the plays on that drive were passing plays. So, you know, it, it, it's just an interesting thing, you know, and it's, it's I guess, you know, a, a philosophy that he has right now that, you know, our best players are, you know, we're, are better, we're yeah. better off throwing the football on most downs. And I think, you know, he's, he's come to a conclusion that that's what we're going to do. Now, it could be a setup for a run down the stretch here to where all of a sudden we shift gears. Teams are you know, relying on the fact that they've watched us pass the ball, you know, 75, 80% of the time, the whole season. Then all of a sudden we reverse gears and teams are like, whoa, they're, they're running the ball consistently now instead of doing the play action. So, you know, maybe he's setting things up for this final stretch run. We'll find out and see, but there's got to be reasoning behind it. I don't think any of us have the real answer to it. You know, we're we're all speculating as to why, but you know, hopefully there's, you know, there's a philosophy and and a reasoning behind it as we, you know, as we play through December here. I mean, I can excuse away last week, you know, you didn't have Armstead in the game and he's probably one of your better run blockers on that line. 
Right. You know, so I, I can understand last week because that was just the right circumstance to be throwing the ball. Right. But yeah. uh, I well, don't go think. Back. Go ahead, Mike. You, I was just going to say, I don't think this game coming up is the same situation. I, I do think they have to run the ball a little bit because you don't want Herbert getting 100 possessions. You know, you want to slow the game down mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, just be methodical in what you do. Yeah, he's he's been sacked 28 times this year. So if he's going to drop back a lot, I mean, you know, this offensive line hasn't blocked for him in any way, shape, or form. Yeah, They've been a much – They've been running the ball much better. You know, they've been running the football, blocking well, running the football, passing the ball. They, they've struggled quite a bit. So it, it's going to be very, very interesting. It's, the key is, you know, whether some of these guys, I mean, obviously Austin Jackson isn't playing. I'm not so sure that, did we mention at all the fact that we signed an offensive lineman? I don't no, think we, we did. didn't talk about Fisher at all because we don't know when he's going to play. Right, but we did. We do have to mention the fact. I'm sure everybody knows by now that Fisher's right. been signed. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's interesting because um, he wasn't healthy enough. Supposedly, that's why he hadn't signed with anybody up to this point. So I guess he feels that he's healthy enough now and he's ready to contribute. But I don't see him playing for at least a couple more weeks. I mean, do you guys are you guys in agreement with well, that? Well, he hasn't he hasn't played football since last year, most so. likely. <laughs> Most yeah. likely. And I think the thing to add there is McDaniel said this is something that they've been working on for a few weeks. So okay. they've had their eye on him, kind good. of watching and, and waiting to, to pounce on that free agency signing. So that's good. And then before we get into predictions or wherever you want to go next, Mike, I just wanted to add because I didn't get a chance to say it. Uh, I don't know how many Dolphins fans feel like the sky is falling because of that San Francisco game. Uh, you know, losing to a guy named Brock Purdy, um, who I know well. Um, it's not, uh, and, and the one thing that I wanted to say is that game was like a playoff atmosphere for our team going into a hostile environment. Uh, they had to learn that lesson, I think, to be able to reach the pinnacle of where they want to be, regardless of if we reach it this year or not, they needed a game like that. So, uh, I think it was a good learning experience and and we're going to take from that and move forward. Yeah, I mean, the the key, getting back to the offensive line, you know, is obviously having Armstead back out there. Otherwise, you're in the same position as last week. Exactly. So, you know, it, it's important. I mean, you know, I said this last week that, you know, I'd rather have him for these next two games. But I'll tell you what, if it takes him another week and, and he sits out again this week, I'm okay with that. You know, we definitely need him for Buffalo. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, we should also mention that Von Miller – you know, is out for the season for Buffalo. So that's a big positive. It's an unfortunate thing for the team. It's an unfortunate thing for him, but it's a fortunate thing for the Dolphins. And due to the fact this is a Dolphin podcast, uh, we will celebrate that. So I'm yeah, sure I'll like be back man. next year. <laughs> I like the man Von Miller, but I'm not sad he won't be on the field next week. Exactly. You know, hey, you know, nobody feels for us with, you know, the injuries to Armstead and you know, the guys across the <laughs> offensive line all year. I'm sure Buffalo fans could give a rat shit about the fact that we've had injuries. You know, they, they're just concerned with winning football games, and that's all we as Dolphin fans are concerned with. So Exactly. There you have it. All right, guys. Do you have a good prediction? Yeah, I'll I think it's you your turn, first, Mike. No, I think it's Mike's turn again. <laughs> it's no, a- Daniel went – wait a minute. No, Daniel went first. Three weeks ago. I went first last week. 
right? And I went first the week before. Okay, okay. Yeah. Go ahead, Daniel. Uh, I'll go first since I'm going to be the closest. Daniel, just try to make it, you know, a, a short, short and sweet, sweet situation. None of that, you know, five minutes. You don't want minute. a sol- soliloquy on, <laughs> no. on uh, how many yards we're going to get up the middle versus outside the numbers. Okay, yeah. so the Chargers are giving up 25.8 points per game. And I think that we're going to eclipse that and keep them underneath it. So I think we get back on track with a 30-point performance. And I'm going to say 33-24 to 24, Miami. Yeah, I see us putting 31 points up. I see San Diego putting 17 points up. I think we win by two touchdowns in this game. I think I think we're going to get a couple turnovers this week. I think we're going to harass Herbert. And I think they're going to have a hard time scoring points. And um, I'm expecting the offense to bounce back, to it to bounce back. So I think I think we win this game pretty easily. I mean, you know, unless Tua comes out and just plays as poorly as he did last week, I don't see this team competing with us. Got My it. thoughts on the game is this. I think you guys are underestimating the Chargers. They're 6-6, six and six, so we don't know what week it's going to be for them. Is it going to be a good week or is it going to be a bad week? If it's a good week for them, it's going to be a tough game for us. So I think that it's going to be a close game, and I, I think Miami will pull it out, but barely. Um, I'm thinking like uh, 31-28. Wow. Interesting. Okay. Interesting, interesting. You know, final word here, Mike. You know, we've played San Diego in the playoffs just as much as anybody. Yeah. Um, and the classic games. I mean, you know, the, the, the epic in Miami. So, you know, to hit your point there, this could be, you know, another one of those type of games. Um, and it's so funny because as you go back, as I mentioned, and you look at playoff, you know, they've played San Diego as much a lot yeah. as they have Oakland or Pittsburgh or any of the teams you would think they would have played um, during the playoffs. We've and lost it, some tough ones and won some tough ones. Exactly. It's been a good series. Yep. It's been a very, very good series. So you may very well see another classic on Sunday night. If our defense does not come to play, you could very well see that. And and you are right to some extent, Mike. I mean, it is a primetime game, yeah. right? Um, you know, San Diego's desperately fighting for, for, you know, to stay alive for a playoff spot. But, you know, I think that it's going to be very difficult for, for them to overcome all the injuries. I think, you know, we, we, line, yeah. up, we line up better. Mike, you know, we, I would love it if during the editing of this show, you like clipped like a robot voice saying, Los Angeles, and then just clip that right over the top every time Lou said San Diego. Well, it was San Diego when we played him in the yeah, playoffs. Yeah, exactly. times that he said it today. I, just, yeah. I think that'd be fun. Well, in this instance, it, in this instance <laughs> it pertained, Daniel. Los Angeles. We haven't played Los Angeles, char- the Los Angeles Chargers in the playoffs. San Diego nope. Chargers. I, I know that. Okay. I know that. All right. All right, fun stuff. Uh, that's going to be it for today. We'll be back after the game on Monday. All right. <laughs> yeah, and uh, fins up, everybody. Prime time next two weeks, guys. Fins oh, that's up. Crazy. Fins up, Dolphins. All right, that's today's show. I just want to remind everyone that the Fin Fans podcast is proud to be part of DolphinsTalk.com podcast network and the pigskin podcast network check out these sites guys there's lots of podcasts and information there that you'll enjoy 
All right, until next time, be well and take care. Sports Social Podcast Network.